Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, August 17, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Let's first get our faculties, get the lay of the land in terms of the daily chart. What's going on? What's jumping off the page at us? Number one, they hit the 20-period moving average today, and for all intents and purposes, ricocheted right back off of it. What's that line on the screen? 443.75. That is our pivot. What's a pivot? A pivot means that once the market is below a certain area or a certain number, the bears take the ball. If they're above a certain area or a certain number, the bulls take the ball. Or in this case, the bulls retain the ball. 443.75 is our pivot. That was a pivot intraday. It was a pivot for inside the number members. We're going to see all that later. It's an important spot. Important spots are magnetic. And it's no wonder that they did the jam session slash goose the market deal into the close to do what? To get right back above that number. There are no accidents nor coincidences in the market, period, full stop. The market participants, but not just any market participants, the participants that are part and parcel to the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew decided they were going to close the market above 443.75. That's fine. What does that tell us? That tells us that it's odds on a bullish close and the melt-up operation or melt-up scenario is still on the table. What's the melt-up scenario? Getting up to that zone around 448.90 to 450.24. That's the melt-up scenario. They haven't got there yet. There's nothing on the board that says they can't get there. Think about this for a moment. First, we know the trend is your friend until she throws you off the roof. Again, I'm not going to let you guess which one I'm going to use. I'm coming up with new stuff. However, that being said, the trend is the dominant thing. That's where the pull of the market is. The pull is up to the North Pole. Think about it like this. The market was selling pretty good during the trading day today. Intraday, they were down a lot of points. The low of the SPY was below 441. Yesterday's close was right around 447. That equates to roughly around 60 S&P handles, a little bit more. Here's the point. Down 60 S&P handles at the 20-period moving average, decision time. Do you bust through the 20-period moving average and close below and have a debacle of a day, which was on the table? They could have done that. They chose not to do that. They reversed the market and closed back up above the pivot. Running a test of the 20-period moving average and closing back above the pivot is a bullish signal, period, full stop. Now, the way that's not bullish is if they open the market or immediately get below that pivot tomorrow morning on Wednesday morning. Use 443.75 as the gauge of bullish or bearishness out of the gate. By the way, we have to mention something else. Last week, we began talking about some shorter-term cycles. And I informed you that I had a cycle that culminated really between Friday the 13th and Monday the 16th, which was yesterday. Of note, but yesterday was a high. 
doesn't mean they won't or can't make new highs tomorrow or beyond. I'm just saying that the short-term cycles, even though the market didn't fall out of bed, still put on a high when the market was supposed to turn. We don't know whether a cycle is going to be a high or a low until you see where the trend is and you come up closer to or at the date of the supposed cycle. The market was trending up, then the logical thing to say is, if the cycle is going to take hold, then guess what? It was a top. Interesting how that works. And by the way, there's a few more things that fall into the funny how that works camp. We'll get to that later. Before we dig into some other charts, the shorter term stuff inside the numbers, I want to make mention of something and we'll start the conversation out with this. Don't fight the Fed. That's a prevailing wisdom. So the Fed's been pumping in 120 or $130 billion a month, whatever the exact number is, into the market to buy bonds. So let's talk about this for a second. They're adding liquidity to the market. That's the prevailing wisdom. The Fed is supporting the market, but they buy bonds. The stock market goes up, but they're buying bonds. So let's just trace this for a moment. Again, the prevailing wisdom is don't fight the Fed. They're flooding the market with liquidity. Okay, that's fair enough. I'm not saying they're not. That's not the point of this. Watch this. We hear pundits on TV all the time talk about this stuff up, down, all around, east, south, northwest. They're all over the map. They know everything and we know nothing. Okay, fair enough. So the Fed is buying, let's just say, $120 billion worth of bonds in the month of August. Great. Who do they buy them from? Well, we know that part. They're buying them as the intermediary of firms like JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, UBS, Goldman Sachs, and others. They're authorized to deal in government securities on behalf of the government. Okay, fair enough. Let's trace this one out. So the Fed is going to buy, let's just say this week, they're going to buy $25, $30 billion worth of bonds. They give the order to the broker-dealers. The broker-dealers go out to the open market. They buy the bonds that the Fed wants, whether they're mortgage-backed securities, corporate bonds. Who knows? It doesn't matter what they're buying. Whoever the holder of any particular bond that they bought, they get, in exchange for the bond that the Fed just took off their hands, they get cash. Sounds logical. Sounds like common sense because it is. The transaction is complete, the Fed has more bonds, and the person or entity or institution that sold a particular block of bonds now has cash in exchange for the bonds. Fair enough. Now, what are they doing with that money? They sold bonds, but is that money working its way into the stock market? If somebody can explain how and the mechanics of how that equates to stock market money, I'll be happy to listen. But right there, everything I explained to you up to the point in which where did the money go, nobody could ever explain that. And here's one worse. None of the interviewers ever ask this question. Why? Because nobody really gives a shit. Nobody wants to know where the money really goes. They take it in what I'll call face value. Somebody says the market goes up because the Fed's flooding the system. Therefore, the market goes up because the Fed's flooding the system. I'm not denying that the market's going up. I just like to understand the mechanics of how it works, and nobody can come to the window with an answer. Because in order to understand 
or in order to believe that the bond seller is actually now putting the cash that they got in exchange for bonds into the stock market, they have to change their entire asset allocation in order to make that happen. Are they doing that? Maybe they are. I'm just looking for information. Who's got the proof of where the money goes? Back off the soapbox and on to the SPY chart, we're now looking at a 120-minute chart, and I just want to point something out. We talk a lot about former breakout, former breakdown areas. They're not all created equal. They don't all look the same. You've got to be able to identify which ones are real bona fide breakout or breakdown areas and which ones are not. So case in point, you see the low here today. The market made a low at exactly 440.85. What was the reasoning behind that low? What did the market find down in that area that caused it to find support? Well, now we just put a line at 441.75, and the reason why is because this is one of those areas that we've talked about this many times. The market ran up to this spot and was rejected. So once it goes through or gets through, busts through that spot, trades through, that creates, or by definition, it makes it a breakout area. So the market comes back to test the what? Former breakout area. Now hold on a second, but wait, there's more. Can we pinpoint a little bit farther and the reasoning behind why the market actually went to the spot it did and found support where it did? What about this candle here? Isn't that a breakup candle? Guess what? It is. Therefore, we have a low. The breakup candle low is 440.79. What was the low of day? 440.85. It's not a mystery. You're going to see that number inside the numbers in a few minutes. Let's just wrap up some more stuff on the daily chart. What happens if we wake up to a red day or at least a red pre-market session? What's the prevailing wisdom? Well, if they're above the big fat round number of 440 or ES 4400, then the thing would be that they're running a test of the big fat round numbers. Now, they came close today, but they didn't quite get all the way there. They do that. They come up short. They spike them through. We don't know exactly which one when is going to occur. But what we can say is if the market is selling in the morning and they're above the big fat round number of SPY 440, then you have to say, well, they're likely running a test of either 440 or even slightly below. That kind of stuff will be handled for inside the number members in real time, just giving you the night before snippet. What about inside the numbers today? We'll circle back to stocks on the move. Let's run through some of the highlighted commentary so that you can get an idea if in fact you're active in the market or would like to be active in the market during the trading day. Is this stuff something of value that can help you make money in the market during the trading day? Let's cut right to the chase. It's turnaround Tuesday, down early, snapback or real selling. That's the first thing on top of mind. What's actually happening? Is it just a shakeout operation and they're going to reverse the tape? Or are we going to see some real selling today? Now at the time at zero dark 30, you don't know, but you've got to be prepared. We have to have that on the mind. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. Now right out of the gate, we're citing important numbers again. 444.75, 443.75. 
below yesterday's low, which they did, is game time, real time stuff, which it was. Forget the northern stuff, they didn't do that, so we don't need to review it. So let's go up to the pre-market session around 9, 10 a.m. in the morning, inside my head. So as we get closer to the open, just putting some thoughts down. What am I thinking? I'm watching the pre-market, I'm looking at charts, trying to get my handle around the early storyline, even before the market even opens. First thing on the mind, if the buy the dip crowd is going to be there, where are they going to be? Remember yesterday, we could see a carbon copy of yesterday, or we could see something different. Again, it's an awareness, but where would they be sitting if they're going to buy up the market? 444.75, 443.75, down to 442.87, which was yesterday's low. So a trader may choose to buy higher. I was willing, and you'll see this later, 443.75 once again was a good spot. Of course, you have to have that spot where you have the ability to pull the ripcord. Where am I wrong on the trade? Closing candles below yesterday's low, which incidentally was 442.87 right above it. That opens the door for lower stuff. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. 921. Traders on the more aggressive side may purchase the SPY in the zone between 443.75 and 442.87 for a bounce back up. 921, pre-market, before the opening bell, that was the trade. Five-minute chart, right of the vertical, here's the situation. This is the first five-minute candle of the day. They opened up here, they ran right into that number, reversed the tape, and lo and behold, what do you know? 444.81 in about 10 or 15 minutes from an entry equals about 10 S&P handles. Nice trade. They gave traders another bite at the apple. I'm not another bite at the apple kind of trader, but they gave it anyway. And you can see what happened. Once they gave up 443.75, and what was that again? Repeat after me. That was the pivot. Once they got below the pivot, the bears take over. Remember that from before. Okay, let's see what else we have. 934. Now traders who were long should begin taking profit along the way. Nice trade. And they went back and forth. We already saw the chart. They went into a bit of a chop shop formation for a while. See what else we have as the day gets underway. And by the way, I urge you to pause the video. Go back to the charts, read the notes, and double check the work. And this is a good one. This is a good learning opportunity. We had the makings, or we had really what is classified as a shitburger today in WB. We're going to get to stocks on the move, but as you read the notes, what you'll notice is I'm massaging the concept on WB. I was trying to give traders some added commentary on a bad trade, giving them an idea of how to work their way out of the trade. You'll see the notes as we scroll up. Let's note this one too, because you have to notice that the numbers are important. The numbers work. The numbers are no freaking joke. 955, 443.35 is a spot in front of 443 and yesterday's low. They can bounce it there. The line was adjusted to 443.35. This is the 10 o'clock candle. It happened right after I was typing the stuff, after the post, at the same time. The concept is, the numbers work. Sometimes I just can't get it down in black and white and hit enter fast enough. We're moving along. There you have it, 957. The last post was a little late getting out.
they were moving fast. Net-net, they're still in the zone of support. Retest doesn't mean failure. It may look like a failure to some traders when they start coming back down south, but a retest doesn't necessarily mean the market is failing. It doesn't have to. They run tests, and then they run retests, and then they test some more. And then once they've shaken out all the long traders, once they've wiped out your belief that they're going to rally the market and you sell the position, that's at the point in which they finally take off to the upside. That's the way it works when they keep testing and retesting and testing some more, the same zone of support. They're screwing with you. Time is more important than price. Let's scroll up and see what else we have. We had stuff down. IWM was getting killed. We'll get back to that later. Smash Mouth was a woodshed day, and other stuff was down too. You have to be able to watch everything. You have to know what's going on around the horn. What's going on with my favorite market-leading indicators? Are they signaling that the S&P 500 is going to turn around, or are they signaling that the rug is going to be pulled out, or are they not signaling anything? All three can be the case, but if they're willing to provide information, take the information. 444.50 will be some resistance on the way back up. Back to the chart, the visual, they went a little bit higher, but now the line is at 444.50. They went slightly higher, but all in all, that was an area of overhead resistance. We're moving along. Let's keep going, see what else we have. We know about the pivot. You'll see if you read the notes over and over again, 443.75 is the pivot, so it won't be a surprise when you see later in the notes not to be surprised to see them rally the market before the close back to what? 443.75. Yes, you'll see that in the notes, and yes, that's exactly what happened. More of the same, more of the same, more of the same. If you wait and you have patience, here comes your next leg higher. We were looking for the next leg higher. And you'll see here, 1040, 445 and a spike of it would be on the table, and then here again, they don't have to stop right at 445, but under normal garden variety market conditions, they will. 445 was overhead resistance, and the high was 444.96. They never got to 445. 10.51, 444.96 against 445 and higher, the games people play. At the time, I was pretty sure that they were going to go hit 445, they never did. They left it hanging. So the SPY did, for the most part, everything we anticipated it would do in the morning session. So let's see what we have going into the lunchtime period. Unless they break to fresh new lows, they're just running a test of that same pivot. And by the way, if they spike the low from yesterday, there's still a lot of support down there in the 442.50 to 442 zone. What am I getting at? Remember the spike the lows, get the sell the break of the low traders on board and rip it back up. That's where the liquidity is. We've talked about this a few times in the videos. They spike a previous low. Traders that believe, because they've read it in a book somewhere, that you should sell a break of the low, they do so, and then the institutional traders find liquidity down there and they rip the market back up, picking up all the stops. They do it over and over and over again. And here, 442.50 wasn't a tremendous trade, but it was good for a bounce. We told you, 442.50.
There's a lot of support down in that zone. Let's move along a little bit, see what else we have in the afternoon. 12.30, there's your 442.50. 12.57, 440.82, remember that number. I said 85 before. I wrote down 82 here. You're going to see something in a moment. 442 or 440.82, give or take, is the next spot that should be both magnetic and support. 12.57. Now, you can see it popping out down here on the left, 440.82. What was low of day? How about 440.85, three pennies above that number posted. It's within the give or take. It should be both magnetic and support. The funny part about this is I actually had 440.85 on the board. A lot of times I round to a five or a zero in the number if it's a couple of pennies off. You don't ever know exactly where the market's going to stop to the penny. If you're within pennies, it's not going to make any difference. Well, first I had 440.85, and then I actually changed it to the actual number that I had, and it turned out 440.85 was the number. Funny how that works. And we're moving along. Big picture, we're talking about the big fat round numbers here. We talked about that earlier in the interest of time. Read it for yourself, but we already talked about the big fat round numbers, ES4400 and SPY440. Here's some afternoon stuff. They were going back and forth, but here's the important one. Again, you can read this for yourself. Go back to the charts to double check the work. The work works. 248, don't be surprised to see them back up there before the close. Back up where? 443.75. And here in lies more evidence, the fact that they actually did it before the close and closed back over it. It's a pivot. It's important. It's magnetic. We need to know about it. It's bullish based on today's close, period, full stop. Stocks on the move. Healthy list today. We're going to take a look at only the ones that hit their entry targets. FCX, the first one on the board. Home Depot. Lowe's and WB. The rest are off the board. They didn't hit their entry targets. A couple came real close, a little bit of a screw job, but they took off without us. Either way, we only deal with the ones that hit the entry targets. Just as an example, here's Roblox. So they came up short. The target was 73 and a quarter. The low was 73.90. Look how high they went today. Here's an intraday chart. The high was 81.30. That's a rocket ride, but we didn't get filled. That happens, but just goes to show you the numbers work. Stuff is headed for a destination. Freeport wasn't a real trade. Why is that? Because in the candle here ending at 10 o'clock, this is a 15-minute chart, they came to a low of 34.91, six pennies above the spot, and then they bounced up and effectively did the deal Basically, the minimum required base hit from where the number would have been. So it's off the board, and then you see what happened. When they came down to the number, it was a different trade. They made a bear flag pattern, went lower, yada, yada, yada. We only want our numbers and the manner in which we prefer it. That increases our odds of success exponentially. Home Depot did a little Macarena in front of the number in the first candle of the day. Nevertheless, you can see... The numbers worked, but they did the chop shop thing back and forth in front of the number. It became one of those trader choice deals. Here's a five-minute chart. You could see what happened. The low here is 318.67, 20 cents over the number. They bounce up to a high of 321.50 or 54. 
I'm not taking that trade the next time down. That's just the way I am. That's how I treat it as a business. Lows, two numbers on the board, hit the first, didn't hit the second. Incidentally, Home Depot never hit the second number. There was one, and then it bounced back up. Had it hit the second number, it would have produced another trade or a trade based on the fact that I didn't like the first number after the Macarena. So lows, two numbers on the board, that means I can make an equal case. It could be either number. Wasn't the first, it was the second, but it hung around for a cup of coffee, basically bounced halfway back up to about break even, maybe just a few pennies short of break even from where my entries were. So, so by the end of the day, it was a dud. It was not a winner. I'm not going to call it a shit burger. It just didn't work. You never got the rocket ride off the second number. They hung around for a cup of coffee. What's that telling us? The likely story is there's another number south of where we finished today that is the near-term destination, Weibo. So here's the one I was talking about before. It cut through both numbers like a hot knife through butter. So it was a shit burger right out of the chute. However, we work on hourly closes. Sometimes, and I emphasize sometimes, not every time, this could have went a lot lower. That happens. We know that. However, there's another side to that story. If you can just take a moment from panicking while you're in a trade and think clearly for a second, is it going to go down all day long? Okay, so the numbers were wrong. However, what's right? What's the next area of support? All right, so here's a daily chart. Let me show you what I was looking at, and I'm going to let you inside my head, because if you read the commentary, what you saw was I was building the case for you don't have to stop out if you don't want. Let the thing bounce for a while. Do some damage control. You never know. So the hourly stop comes and goes, and price is below the hourly stop. But I'm looking at this saying, see this tail candle here? I'm saying maybe they run a test of the tail, maybe they don't, meaning the low of the tail, but somewhere in here, you're going to get a bounce from the market or from WB. Why is that? A, the tail is telling you that that's an important spot. We already know that. We talk about that kind of stuff all the time. So that's item number one. Item number two is you see all this stuff down here. It made all these pivots where the market tried to go down, tried to go down, tried to go down, tried to go down, and it couldn't go down. Instead of going down, what it was really doing was essentially just eating time off the clock and retracing a portion of that tail, and finally, it went up. So here's the deal. It comes back down. Once below all this area that the market or Weibo fought for a long time, guess what? In between this tail low and these pivots, the thing's going to at least try and fight back to get to this area that it just broke down from. That's not going to be the case every single time. I'm looking at the daily chart. I'm using logic. I'm in a trade, and I'm saying, should I cut and run, or are they going to make an effort to at least fight back to that area they spent so much time at before breaking to the upside? We talk all the time about breakout areas, breakdown areas. I told you they're not all made the same. They don't all look the same. But guess what? I can make a case that this spot is really, really important. So even if they gave it up by the close, which they did, whether they recapture it tomorrow or beyond doesn't matter. The point is, at least one time today, they were going to try and fight back to that spot. That was my thesis. What's that spot? Well, here's a pivot low at 
46.80, and all these pivots are in the same zone. We're going to call it 47, give or take. Here's a five-minute chart. What do they do? They rally back to make a high of 47.80. They basically let you out of the trade. Here's what I was talking about. About 10.30, another word on Weibo. If a stock is going in the right direction, this is right before the hourly close, and it's around the hourly close, traders can make the choice to give it some more time. Stock is going up, and it's 929, 9.25, 10.30, not 9.29, but 10.29, 10.30, and the stock is heading at least in the correct direction, you can give it more time. That's logical to do. The trade didn't work. I'm aware of that. Hint, I'm giving it more time. Trader's choice, and I understand the risk. What was the risk? Well, obviously, it goes back down, and I have to take more of a loss than I already had on the table. I get that. But I got out pretty darn close to break even by just holding on a little bit longer. What's going on over in Camp IWM? I see we have a little bit of a long-in-the-tooth video going on here. We're below 217.67. That's really going to be the whole thing by the end of the week. It's only Tuesday. Tomorrow is midweek. And by the way, if in fact the read on the SPY is correct, rallying back to that special number before the close, it's a pivot, it's bullish, all that stuff. If that's going to be bullish also for the IWM and this was a fake out, what did they do? They were running a test of at least in the vicinity of or the general neighborhood of a breakup candle low. They never got really close to the low. They never even touched the 200 period moving average and reversed. They put in a tail candle with a pseudo doji candle. Are they going to rip the IWM back up, get back above 217.67 and keep going? Or is there real trouble on the horizon? Well, as long as we're below 217.67, there's trouble on the horizon. Above that number, and the band can play on. That's the pivot, period. What about the folks down at the transportation department? After five days of green stuff, we have a red day. Not that big of a deal, down 1%, but stayed above that important spot. 14,760. Remember, I didn't pick that number out of a hat. It's important. The end of the week will be extremely important. They could be simply just making a bearish wedgish kind of thing that could be going on here. And if that's not going on and they're going to close the week back above 14,760, we're likely going to get another run through the 20 period moving average and into the breakdown candle high right around 15,000. 350, give or take. That's what's on the docket as long as they're above 14,760. What about the Silicon Valley people, the Q folks, below the 20 period moving average? We're going to use that as a guideline for the time being. Listen, they're high on the chart. The weekly chart is just eating time off the clock after this big green reversal candle. And I know you can't really have a reversal candle at highs that tells you the market's going higher, but this is a candle that's a breakup candle. Therefore, we have a breakup candle low. Therefore, as long as they're trading inside or above the breakup candle low, it's bullish. They're above all the moving averages. And technically speaking, there's nothing wrong with the Qs. Daily close below 352, and there will be something wrong with the Qs. What's 352? 
It's the breakup candle low. You guessed it. XLF came down with everything else, less than 1%. It was basically a market performer. Came down a little bit. They're above all the moving averages. It's a pullback after making new highs. That's not bearish anything. Here's the weekly. Bearish is back below the 20-week moving average. Staying above the 20-week moving average remains bullish. And by the way, staying above this breakdown candle high is bullish 37.55. Smash mouth, bit of a woodshed day, almost 2% in the negative, five bucks. So they came back inside and it's pretty much confirmed that they failed the breakout, at least for now. If this turns out to be a recocking of the weapon, that's fine, but they broke out above the former high and they failed, period. 262.30 is the spot. Daily closes above 262.30 and they go back up to retest the highs or at least near the highs. If they can't recapture that, it's trouble for the bulls. Bears have the ball. 262.30 is your line in the sand. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.